Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. We got Vance in the front of the Ranger. And we got Todd Young on speakerphone. This podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. Uh, you can find Fatty Z Muskie Products at fattyzmuskie.com, at Fatty Z Muskie Products on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Fatty Z Muskie, we make jerk baits, swim baits, oh, glide baits. Paddle tail swim baits. Um, check them out. Uh, we also have our own line of rod holders. We use the Downy Salty rod holder. It's been been around for a long time. We've developed our own tippable base for them. Uh, they come in many popular options for mounting. We can bolt them down. You can put them in a track uh, where you have. I've actually been working quite a bit with uh, several people with the various track that comes standard on a lot of the fishing boats now uh the aluma track lund sport track um some of the other ones g3 boat i think kind of has their own crestliner has some smaller gunnels um if any of you out there are interested uh don't don't hesitate to contact us we could probably come up with a solution um where there's a will there's a way um, we also have uh, another product, Project X. It's the, uh, I don't know, people call it the jigger. The jerker. The jerker. It's a uh, electric-powered rod holder that will uh, increase, will turn the rod, oscillate the rod, whatever you want to say, roughly 30 degrees forward and then drop it back. It's used for trolling. Uh, it helps trigger strikes and... It holds a pretty good average over the length of the season compared to a standard boat rod. Um, almost two to one. So this rod will perform roughly the same as two other boat rods. That's the average throughout the season. Um, yep. Todd, you had a lot better average in the early season the last couple of years using it. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was three or four times in the early season the last couple of years, and then it evened up. But, yeah. Yeah, it's going to double. It's going to double you up. You can turn it on its side, put the uh, jigging bracket in. You can jig while you're fishing. We also have a rail mount. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, we do. We have the rail mount. The rail mount. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a need for it. Andy didn't see a need for it, but people uh, brought it up. They wanted a rail mount that was a little more substantial. I guess you would say. So, substantial, and, uh, and it, uh, it adds some options to. You know, if the rail's centered on a say a four-inch gunnel, you're not going to get a straighted down rod with mm -hmm. just a standard rail mount rod holder. So uh, there is an adjustable factor that that our our bases have for that, and they still use the same downy salty. So you know, like a couple people got them, and the ones that got them are just buying more. Flipping out. They're buying they're, more. <laughs> they're 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 flipping out over them. So yeah, it's yeah. So that's Fatty Z Musky products. Also. Uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. You can find Muddy Creek on Facebook, and it shares the same Instagram as Fat Easy Musky Products. That is Todd Young, who is on speakerphone, who would like to be your friend on Facebook. So, Todd, you want to you want to take a minute? The season's coming. No, up. I mean it's been it, it's been really cool. I've been getting some private messages. I've been getting some people contact me via the, uh, the podcast here, and. Uh, Asking me some questions about you know what they should do or you know this is happening this is happening and uh, already got a positive response from one guy that uh, you know gave him a couple tips and he had had all these follows and 
you know, you sent me a picture the other day. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'll try to do my best. I don't pay a lot of attention. I'm not really big into the social media stuff, but I do check it every once in a while. I was looking at Facebook here a little bit ago, and I saw a message that came in like two days ago because they hadn't been on it recently. But, uh, you know, I'll do my best. We'll try to help help anybody out that has any questions or anything. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. Good stuff. Keeps me going while I'm not fishing. Nice. And uh, St. Croix rods. Todd, you want to talk about St. Croix? Yeah, St. Croix. We're going to, uh, that, that's something we've been using for, for years. Uh, we want to keep it going. I don't know that there's a, I mean, you talk about, a, you know, mostly made in America. Uh, that's the biggest thing I like about them. And, uh, you know, they're priced. Price reasonably. Uh, they run the gamut. Get a get a better rod out there. Yeah. For what for what we're doing, you know, <laughs> you don't have to buy the five hundred dollar ones. You can if you want, but uh, I don't buy them. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with the, you know, you know the Premier series, all that kind of stuff. We've been using it for years. Uh, you have I don't some. Know how you can go wrong. I remember. I remember in your in your garage, you showing me some of your croys, and they were like ancient looking yeah i still have some of the ones that have a lifetime guarantee on them that you know they were like black and red and i got some brown and red ones they had uh, big eyelets on them if i remember yeah huge yeah for, yeah for a while they put a great big eyelet on the, on the tip uh yeah but why do you send in a rod that has a lifetime guarantee if it still hasn't broke <laughs> exactly so i just keep using them they're uh Great rod. Great rod. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> we've got a lot of requests to do another controversial topics. And this is what this one's going to be. And you probably known that before I even said it just now because you read the title. And uh, I'm never going to beat the title because that's what people yeah, are going to see. see that first. Yeah, that tends to happen. <laughs> um, so last time we did it was uh, we, we did the boga grip. And, you know, like with this one, uh, we're going to be doing controversial topics, water temperature. And we're going to be covering everything from ice cold water all the way up to boiling hot. Meaning you boiled your muskie, you're eating it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hot oil. <laughs> you know. So... You know, we're not claiming to be the, you know, the, the top authority on any of this. We're just three guys. We're going to sit there and we're going to try to see both sides, you know, and we're, we're going to have our opinions. They might not coincide with everyone else's, but, you know, it's just sitting back and looking at all, all aspects of this and really just trying to say, okay, I might not agree with that, but I understand it. That's, that's what we're looking for here. We're not trying to divide the room. We're just trying to start a discussion. So, Todd, Vance, did I miss anything on the lead-in? No, I mean, I mean, this is what, you know, a lot of people contacted us. They enjoyed that last one. We, like, you, like Andy said, we don't have the right answer. We just have an answer. A lot of it is by, uh, you know, by doing it. You know, we've been through this. And uh, like Vance said, the, the last time around, the controversy begins when you start fishing for these things. 
Yeah. Uh, and if you really get into all the stuff that's going on on the, on the social media and this and that, that's where the controversy begins. The fact that you're fishing for them, everything can be controversial. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so there's lots of stuff you can talk about. We're going to just say that, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the topic. Yeah, and it, it, it might, you know, some of this controversy stuff, I mean, obviously just boils down to an opinion. And, yeah. and, and some of these, yeah. you know, the, the the thing I was thinking about because, you know, but kind of prepping for this show, I mean, I don't write any notes down or nothing. I'm just, okay, well, what kind of angle would I look at this? And let's make sure I talk about this. Some of this controversy doesn't even apply to some people. Like, yeah. you know, like we're going to probably start off with, with cold water. A lot of people won't even fish for them in cold water because they can't do it legally and they're not going to get busted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so some of these, you know, but they can they can sit on the internet and, you know, make comments on people's photos and stuff, and, and they might not have ever thought about it really. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I I'd like to think that in the last several years, that people know that there are no closed seasons in some states, mm-hmm. and there's also yeah. spots that you can go down south. Yeah, that are cold water is forty degrees. Yeah, I I see that stuff still happening now where people are like. I can't even believe you're fishing for them through the ice, and you know that you know you're, you're not fish right now. This and that. Yeah, because in so there, there's some people that don't know that it is a, it is it's a wide open season in a lot of the states. Yeah, because you know, Pennsylvania switched over. I'm going to say six, eight years ago, maybe. I'd say more than that, but yeah. Really? Yeah. See, I time goes by. I'm going to say it, it's like closed season uh, oh. right now. Uh, I'm still used to thinking of it that way. I mean, I never would have thought of fishing for muskies right now because you weren't allowed to. The season went out in early March and came back in in May, and you you you, you planned what you were going to do on the opening day of muskie. Now that's you know that's changed. I think Andy's been doing it. You've been fishing year round for them ever since you started there. So yeah, it might might be more like ten years. Uh, yeah, it's probably not I, more than ten, but yeah, it's it's eight to ten. I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, I still feel funny, like, thinking about, oh, I'm going to go monkey fishing right now, because <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll start with that. Let's start with, we'll, we'll go calendar year, January yeah. 1st. Most places have cold water, we're, and we're going we're gonna to start at the cold water, the most extreme. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to pull it back a little bit, because I told the story of my big fish, which happened mm-hmm. in late December, which was really cold. And I guess, you know, I, I'm not a biologist, but they say the cold water promotes a better release. Is what? I, the, the, the fish is just, I don't know, better condition. I, I Like I said, I, I don't know. But I, I've yeah, seen they probably it. don't fight near as hard. I mean, well, I, know, I know they don't fight near as hard. <laughs> right. They're more garbage bag and slow head shakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know. Let's 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 throw conditions out there. I'm just gonna I'm gonna use my fish from December in this January thing. So in January, in most of the musky realm, you're dealing with either very very cold water or frozen water. Frozen water or closed seasons. Correct. Yeah. Now, what's accompanying the cold water generally comes with cold air temperature, which is going to be most of the time, colder than the water temperature. 
Mm-hmm. So yep. that, that plays in a part there because of the season. I know the fish I caught. I, I remember looking down and I'm like, his eye is freezing. Really? I'm just like, I, I could see a skim of ice getting on it. When, now, you, when you took him out of the water. I took him out of the water for the photo. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind, that was my third muskie. I kind of cringe looking back now, but at the same time, who wouldn't pull a 51 and a half out of the water for a photo? Right. There's few people that would just shake it off. Right. So, did that fish get hurt? Uh, maybe. I can't tell you. It swam away. Yeah. Maybe you blinded it. We do that with hooks all the time. Maybe, but I did mine with ice. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? And it, and it looked that way. You know, it. So, here I was. I was out fishing open water, which was moving water. And I know that for a fact that that water, had it stopped, it would have froze. The air temperature was like 12 degrees. Oh, jeez. Okay. It was bitter. Yeah. But guess what? I caught a giant. Yeah. So, you know, that's just one of those things like I used to say, hey, I, I was out there. I'm a hardcore. Look at me. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, geez, I don't know if I'm going to tell people it was 12 degrees. Yeah. It was really cold. <laughs> You're telling them now. I'm telling everyone now. But, yeah. you know, so... Is it good if a fish freezes? No. I, I don't I mean, Todd, are they like a no. fly that you can put them in an ice cube and then let it thaw out and they'll, <laughs> no. they'll be alive? No. 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 So, you know, okay, so right there, if a fish freezes <laughs> solid, it's dead. Yeah. Okay, so we established a dead fish is one you can't catch again. Yeah. But you can take it home and eat it. You can. You can go from frozen to boiled. What did, what did, when we left the Muskie Max and we were at Arby's, what was that thing? Ocean meat? Ocean meat, yeah. Ocean meat. Yeah, which was, we, we stayed away from that order. We stayed away from ocean meat at Arby's. It sounds. It does not sound appetizing. Ocean meat. So you, so right there, the, the controversy in the, is, is, is the cold air temps. Basically fishing for them in that, in that cold water. In that, in that season, I think the most dangerous part is pulling them out of the water is where you're going to stress that fish most. Okay, the cold water is good for them, yada, yada, yada. We, you know, they kick off better and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff that you, you hear. Um, but the, as in, in, in most catching situations, the, the, the stress on the fish happens when you're about to get it, get it in the, out of the water in your hands mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's 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 the cold cold air temperatures. You could pull those, those those fish out. I mean, I've seen some pictures of, you know, usually when you see ice fishing pictures, people were, you know, there's a there's a whole pile of perch or or walleye and stuff like that, and they're taking them home, um, and they're laying on the ice there. Uh, but you know, I've seen some pictures where people were holding you know big pike and stuff and 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 whatnot. And, uh, you know, they almost look taxidermied. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah, I mean, when, and, and your timing, your, your, the, the time you have, you know, if it, if it is, if it's sub-zero, and, you you know, you're ice fishing, you pull that fish out. I mean, I did it. I, I traveled all around ice fishing. I used to, I mean, it, it was a quest, because I, I never had a whole bunch of success doing it. We got into some situations where we had some success. We had some six and eight fish days 
which was unbelievable to, to, to have happen, you know, but I also saw what happened. I mean, when you took those fish and you pulled them through the ice, within seconds, to me, it looked as though their, their fins were starting to freeze. I mean, how thick is that fin, the tail, all the fins on a muskie? And, you know, you just, just to get it out of the water, you know, just to pull it up through the ice, get the thing unhooked, take a quick picture, or just shove it back in. I mean, I remember, I, I remember shoving them back through the hole and feeling their fin, and it was like, that's hard. I, I, I don't know if it did any, you know, I don't know if it did any damage. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people catch fish up at Chautauqua through the ice while they're walleye fishing, and we catch a lot of fish that have, like, uh, fin damage, in the, in the regular season, and I look at it, and I, I really, I have a really strong feeling that a lot of those fish were ice. Uh, As opposed so to a net job. Over the ice season, and it caused damage to their fin, and their fin sort of rotted off. I really have a feel. I, I truly believe that with all my heart, that that's what's happened to some of the fish that you catch. It's not a yeah. lot, but, in a, in a, you know. In a, op, uh, you know, an open sore is could lead to infection and then you know death yeah but you know that doesn't really concern me considering that how many fish we've seen come out of that lake that basically have no tail or like two toothpicks yeah. hanging off of them and they're mm-hmm. st- they're still hitting but i oh yeah but um you know they're still hitting a bait that's coming across them at, at five miles an hour and you know it, it, at that point i think that the more uh the the more dangerous uh, part of the fish is, is maybe the gills. The gills could freeze, yeah. The, gi- yeah. the, the gills yeah. is probably the most. I mean, because that's... I mean, that's, that's your lungs. That, that's your lungs there for, for fish. I, w- I would imagine... That's your that, lifeline, yeah. That, that is probably the most the most dangerous part in fishing in sub, sub-degree temps um, mm-hmm. around here. Now, you know, like in, 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 the, in, the, in the states that are, that are year-round, you're, you're looking at PA. PA, I think Ohio. Ohio. Pio, Ohio, in Kentucky, but I mean, yeah, those places don't really get iced over. Not like I mean, PA doesn't always get iced over, but yeah, but I mean, there's it gets cold. It gets cold, yeah. It it, it definitely uh, gets cold. I mean, it's it's a short. It's like rifle season. I mean, you might have two weeks to go out on on hard water or whatever. And and average year, you got a couple trips. But so. However, it still does get cold, and, and there's still open water, and, and you can, you can uh, you know, d- do the same thing on the ice, just pull them out in, in, into sub-degree, sub-degree temperature. So, that, I mean, that's the controversy there, is, is fishing for them in, in, in the cold water. It's, it's pulling them out of the water um, so the, is, is, is what, what... Kind of what, I guess, kind of what I'm seeing here is that Catching them in this cold water isn't necessarily a terrible thing. I mean, obviously catching them not at all is the best for their health. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you catch one, not bringing it out of the water is probably the most beneficial thing. Mm. And you just, however, unhook it without actually bringing it out. I, like, it's, you know, I mean, we fished in, 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 in really cold uh Air temperatures in, in, in the fall too. I mean, you yeah. know, when you're when yeah. when you know the water might be 
you, you know, it's 40, 50 degrees in the, in the fall, and you're still banging fish and whatnot, and you, but it's snowing out, you know. It's, it's, but the air temps are in the, in the 30s or something, or, you know, below 30s. Yeah, yeah. plus you, with you, the... You with pull the, them out, you hold them, and I, I see the same thing there. I mean, I spent, you know, just as I said, I mean, I did a lot of... Uh, used to go all over the place trying to catch those things through the ice. And, uh, you know, just something over the years that I've chose... I choose, I, I choose not to do that <laughs> yeah. uh, because I see what happens. You know, you pull them up out of there. I mean, you have to, you have to bring them up through the hole to get them unhooked. And, uh, you know, I just choose not to target them right then. But that's just me. Yeah. What I'm going to do from here on out, if I have a muskie hit a tip-up line and I think it's a muskie, I'm just going to pull all the line off the spool and cut it. And walk yeah. away. Yeah, I and, see, like, and, and count it and see. Like we had a, uh, we had a if twenty fish day today. Trying to catch something else. That's fine. Your I will <laughs> gladly land it. But uh, you know, I, I I I had some ice fishing years ago, many years ago. I had some ice fishing pictures at a uh, one of the outdoor shows, and uh, you know, some guys were looking through the, through all my photos, and it, I mean, some guy just ripped me apart. Yeah, I mean, and like that—that that is totally. I can't believe you would put that fish up, bring it up out of the ice. Yeah, I can't believe you would do that. That's horrible to do to a giant fish like that. Oh yeah, da 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 da. And I got, I got ripped a new a hole. <laughs> wow! By these old guys. I mean, right, right at the booth. And I was like, you know, yeah. I mean, old guy, old guys are old happened. guys are tough. <laughs> and, but you know it. it Seeing that, you know, if I was like from Minnesota or whatever, and my season didn't come in until June, and then it was over in November and whatnot, yeah, you know, and then I see, uh, you know, people catching them on hard water, I, I would, I would probably think like, what the hell is that? Well, that was caught out of, mm-hmm. that's caught out of season. Well, wait a minute, all the seasons aren't, yeah, aren't the that- same in in individual states. So I mean, I would, I would be like, that's, that's insane, you know, to. To see to see that, but yeah, so yeah, so that you know that that's the cold water, you know, more or less like like you know just I'll kind of sum up the 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 hard water is is it dangerous for the fish? Probably not as long as it's in the water. You pull it up, you're 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 dealing. Not only can it breathe, but it's also freezing. Yeah, I th- I think that with the, with the cold conditions, the most dangerous is. Is, is that air temperature that you're experiencing out of that water uh, and in the wind factor I mean that's where that's what it all comes down to that's where people would would raise raise an eye you know because you could you can have you can have hard water uh, and it'd be you know 50 degrees 40, 40 yeah. 50 degrees out depending on how nice your winter was you and know? then it probably is lesser. Oh yeah, and it's probably. I'm gonna tell you what. Pull them up. Pull them like those tuna fishing videos where they're just have like a short line and they're just yanking them and just like yeah. coming off and they're <laughs> there's just fish all over the deck. Do yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, I guess you know I, I'm gonna I'll wrap up the icy grip of winter with my opinion is if it's legal and you want to do it, go do it. I'm. Yep. You know, just I guess as long as you know the dangers. And, and what you know the fish that you're after what it can do i mean i've i've i remember throwing some fish now this is a little bit warmer you know temperatures some bullheads and stuff that we caught ice fish and throw them on the thing and like an hour and a half later they're still kicking 
very slow, <laughs> but they're still kicking. You know, it might be you know nice and warm, thirty five degrees in the sun, but yeah, you know, who, who knows? But if it's legal, do it. I'm not going to crap crap on your parade. You know, it's 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 a fish. I mean, that that's yeah. what it boils down to is it's a fish. And, and it boils down to no matter what time of the year you're, you're going to do it. Uh, for the most part, you might see some negative comments, or you might hear some negative comments. Like everything you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're we're still in the. Uh, it's starting to get warmer. Spring is starting to break, and water temperatures. You know, you might have the ice coming off the lakes now. I know all of our lakes are ice free, all of our rivers are ice free, mm-hmm. and you're itching to get your boat out. Most states, it's still closed, uh, the muskie fishing season. But I've already seen people in boats up here catching fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now this leads into no, down in- pre-spawn. Yeah. Spawning, That's we're getting there. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know... Yeah. I don't know the exact temperature. I, every time I hear someone say the temperature they spawn at, I don't know. It always seems to be different. I, I'm not going to keep saying it. I'm not a biologist. But I also no. know that all the fish don't spawn at the same time. The pike goes No, I, I know the guys in PA, when they're trying to do their trap nets and stuff, they're looking to that 50, 59 degree water temp. Really? Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it like Which a good seems, rule of thumb? It seems is, late. I mean, that, that that seems later than what you think. I mean, the pike are going to the pike yeah, are the pike. first ones to go, and the pike are going to spawn right after water. But I mean, I've been up there. I mean, I I, I fish every day of the year probably throughout my life. And you know, when the ice comes off, you go up there. It's not like the water temp is, uh, you know, thirty three degrees when the ice comes off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take long. It's usually in the forties really quick not long after the ice comes off uh but that that's when i've heard the the guys in pa have told me that's that's when they're setting their nets 50 to 59 50 to 55 is the uh the musky spawning is the water temp when most of the muskies are doing their spawning so that's you know three or four weeks after ice out but that would that would coincide with when we used to have our closed season in 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 PA, the season used to go out the middle of March and would come back in May, first Saturday in May. That's when you're in those 50-degree water temps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why they had had the closed season then. Yeah. So, what are... Uh, What's next is fishing for them in the... Well, you're, you're, you're now... Okay, what, what, what affects... What, if, what, what, what could happen to a fish... Let's just say a female, uh, a female that can spawn, and you catch her. Is that going to be, like, terrible? Is it going to, like, mess up the eggs? You're, you're... Yeah, I mean, if, if they're getting dumped at the bottom of your boat... Then yes. Then, yeah. But how <laughs> much, you know, now we deal with how much natural reproduction is going on with their state, which is why they did away with the, uh, the closed season, because they basically have said there's... So, so such a minimal amount of natural reproduction going on that uh, everybody releases them. You might as well just go ahead and make an open season. 
you know, now I know up in Wisconsin and up in Canada and up at Chautauqua Lake in New York, a lot of places in New York and some of the northern regions, there's a lot of natural reproduction going on in those lakes. Uh, the lakes down in Kentucky and the southern lakes, there is not much natural reproduction. They're runoff lakes. They're man-made reservoirs. There's such a, a minimal amount of natural reproduction, that's why they've just left it wide open year-round, fish for them, go ahead and do it. Uh, they catch a lot of, you catch a lot of the small males. You talk to those guys down in Kentucky, they weed through a hundred fish to get one of those big giant fish, one of those big giant females. Uh, you know, the small males are very active during their feed and they're doing their thing. Uh, you know, I've, I've caught fish, I have pictures from fishing in Ohio years ago, uh, where you're holding the fish and the eggs are pouring out. That always seems a little weird to me. <laughs> yeah, you're holding the fish and there's eggs pouring out on the bottom of your boat. I always felt a little weird about that. <laughs> yeah, those, those could have been the muskies that you would be catching in eight years. Yeah. Even if they say there's no natural reproduction, I just felt weird about doing that. You know, I just, I still do. <laughs> and you step uh, on them and twist your foot. I'm going to and... go, but, but, but when I say all that stuff, I'm going Saturday. I'm going fishing Saturday with a friend of mine. And uh, I hope I catch one of those big, you know, hope I catch a 52 that's filled with eggs and weighs about 45 pounds. That's my goal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm saying that's, you know, even if it happens, I don't know how excited I'll be about it because well, if you it, put, just, if it, you, it seems weird, if you know? You, if that's, you, if you put it if you put it on the internet, people will discredit you and say, "Well, yeah, nice catch, buddy, but guess what? Those are all eggs." Yeah, fill with yeah. eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and, I'm, I'm and window weights. Go <laughs> and window weights. But um, I, I here's something. I mean, what does it, do you think a muskie hits when it's you know going to do you know. No, I don't. Go, going to going to spawn. Do you think that it it's hitting when you know the Marvin Gaye music's playing? No, I I, I think leading up to it, mm-hmm. which you know I, I kind of said the they don't all spawn at the same time. So you know, remember last year? Oh, when we saw that. When, when, we, when saw we saw them, yeah. The, I mean, they the, were the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. they were just enormous fish all over the boat, and they did not give a crap about what we were doing. Right. So I don't think when they're in the act that they really care. I don't. I don't think so. I, you know, it, right? You know, when they when they're, it's like you know, like uh, your your buck situation, or, or yeah. some of those stories when when it's like the rut time. Yep. Like they'll get shot, and they'll still be thinking about you know going after the doe, and then all of a sudden they just you know they, they fall out, over. You know. So there, do you think like that the you know maybe the muskies, you know, unless you foul one or something. Or put it right across its back when they're all going to spawn. I mean, I don't think that they're looking to. No, I you know I was just you know I, I'm, as I'm going through the calendar, I'm thinking, is there any negative repercussion for hitting these pre-spawn fish that are staging to spawn? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, if, if I told any musky fisherman, go in that bay, and you're going to see muskies, and some of them are going to be forty plus pounds. Mm-hmm. You guys saw them last year at a local lake. That you don't. That we don't even fish that much. And no. the, yeah, that's why I, you know, I was saying I call them the Bay of Pigs. They were <laughs> yeah. the biggest fish I've ever seen, right under the boat. Oh yeah, huge. And you probably no two of them in the lure. No, no, no. 
I mean, my lore had an interest in it, but it just didn't <laughs> feel the same way. <laughs> but, you know, is there a negative repercussion? Because, you know, there's, you always see it on forums and all this other stuff. Facebook, you're targeting those fish that are spawning. You shouldn't do it. Well, I, I, I'd like to think that most people would agree that if they're in a spot where they're spawning, they're really not interested. It's not like they're a smallmouth guarding a nest. Mm -hmm. They're not going to chase a bait off thinking it's going to do it. They're going to plop out the eggs and just keep on swimming. Yeah. And, however, I do think that if you, like Todd said, if you, if, if you do hook into one and it's spilling all over your boat, then you've clearly have an issue. Yeah. An, yeah. An, an issue. Well, and, and it, it doesn't happen that often. I mean, uh, going back to, you know, years ago there, we, we used to go to Ohio to fish in, in the early season because PA was closed. And, and, uh, but Pimatuning was always open. Pimatuning is a very famous old musky lake. And, uh, you know, you, you go up and, and, and fish that time of year. And, uh, there's a lot of people fishing. Well, there used to be a lot of people fishing in Ohio, and, and uh, now they're also fishing in PA because it's open now. But, I mean, you could have lots and lots of boats out there, and uh, there, were, there were a lot of fish caught. And most of those fish were the small males. The, the males do not get very big. And uh, uh, tons, tons of them. And you'd get the occasional, every once in a while, someone would catch one of those big, giant females filled with eggs. And it did not happen. I mean, I'm talking a couple times a season. You know, out of everybody's boat, there was only a couple of those that, 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 that were ever caught. Because they, I just don't think they're really interested. Like you said, they're, they're just not interested in eating at that point. They're going in to drop their eggs. The males are in there. They're excited. I mean, you talk to the guys down like I said it earlier already, you talk to the guys down in Kentucky. I mean, I remember talking to Greg before. I mean, tons, you know, a hundred fish, a hundred small fish will be caught with oh. one of those big females. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just not interested. The males don't really care that much. They're just in there eating. They're going to do their thing. They're going to spread their milk. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I... I think you're behind the eight ball right away. Yeah. And pre spawn, <laughs> pre spawn, spawn, and post spawn, you're behind the eight ball trying to catch one of those big giants. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, but on paper, it, you know, when people see people fishing for them year round, I mean, it looks bad. You know, it does. You, you look at it on paper, if you look at, you know, okay, reproduction, and then I'm trying the, to. The dude catches it. Mm hmm. And you you just think that you know they, they got, and and you think about natural reproduction and how far the the sport has come with the, how everybody is just so catch and release and and all this stuff, um, it it looks, it looks bad. Yeah. I mean, period. it felt it, it 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 felt bad to me, catching a big female, you pick it up for a picture, and there's eggs spewing out all over your boat. I mean, the whole time I was just like, oh, my God, we could put this thing back in the water. Well, no. You know, I mean, that's the way I felt. That's not what you told me, Todd. You said I should have waited before I took the photo. 
Because yeah. I just lost a pound. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, they cut out some of those big females. They'll say have six, eight pounds of eggs in them. Oh, God. Could you imagine if you had some footage of it on a on a boga grip and it's just spewing out eggs all over the place? <laughs> but then, but then at the back flipping. Oh, my God. But there would be in the background your fish finder that has... 81 degree water temperatures. There it is. <laughs> the perfect hailstorm of, ca- <laughs> of catching it in the spawn of a million degrees. That's right. That, that, that's just. That's, that's and there's a big oil slick coming out of your, your outboard. Out of your two stroke. And, and that's where you're putting the fish back in. Yeah. You're reviving it <laughs> through the oil slick. <laughs> yeah. You know, on, on paper, on paper, it looks bad. I, I, I won't fish for him in. In that, I don't know. I ju- it just doesn't. It doesn't seem right to me. It, even though I, I have the opportunity to do it in in PA. Now, granted, I'm I'm not even thinking about it r- right now. Now that it's warming up and stuff, I'm like, all right, we got a you know a couple months, and I you know I could. You're you're ready to go. I'm I'm ready to roll. But you know, I, I ju- it just on paper. You, I think about it. The you know it just doesn't seem right to to hit him. To target them when when they're spawning. I mean, sure, I'm sure I could catch them doing that, but it, it, if you if you put enough time into it, but you know, does it ha- happen that much? You know, do, are they really going to be jumping in the boat that, that much when when, they, when they're when they're dead set on you know dropping their eggs this time of year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how how often it happens. You know, there's a lot of small fish get caught in the early season. The small males. Yeah, hmm. lots of them. All right, so that moves us into right around season opener. I mean, I've seen people get pissed fishing for them in their, in the, you know, hashtag spawning areas. People, you know, you know, fishing for them right when it, when the season opens up in that, in the spawning area. Yeah. Targeting them there, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, they're... Those, There's a they're reason catching, they're catching because they're, catch- they're there. Yeah, they're there. And the law says that you can start fishing for them at this time. Mm-hmm. But like, like I was giving that example, is that like in that bay? There's all these fish. Yeah. Oh well, hey, they're not they're not all spawned out yet. But you know? but then yeah. you're like, well, I I have my my day. I have five hours to fish. You're telling me to go somewhere where there's no fish, but I know there's fish there. It gets to how can someone yeah. tell another person? There's no one going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I said, I'm going Saturday. I hope I catch one of those big giant scoville eggs, and we can catch a forty pound fish. Get me some uh, caviar. I I doubt it's going to happen. Uh, I just want to go, so I'm going to go. Nice. Now you know something else. You know, and and this is unscientific of me. You have a female muskie and a male muskie. Let's just say that they're they're a mating pair for life. They're not. We know that. They're not, yeah. In order for that species to maintain population during their lifetime, they need to make two muskies to maintain population. So if if they make three, technically the population, three that make it to adult, the population is growing. That's, That's their job. You know, like, if you think of like an oak tree... That lives for a hundred years, one acorn has to grow into an adult tree in order to maintain population. Mm-hmm. So, 
If you think about a female that could live 30 years that might have, I don't know, what do you think, 15 to 20 spawnable years, it's a super low percentage as it is. Now, that's an argument for both sides. Someone can say, mm-hmm. well, that could have been its year to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And the other side could say, well, what's the chances of it actually having a baby? Mm-hmm. You know, but you, there's, there's no way of knowing. But it's just something I think about. Like when I, I think about it in deer hunting. I think about it in woodchucks. I think about it in rabbits. Mm-hmm. How many rabbits or a mouse, how many little mices does a mouse make just to maintain population? Those things get just crushed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, you know, it, it, it's a tough thing with, with that spawning. Yeah, and the same people have to remember that are looking at the computer and looking at all this stuff that are living up north is that, you know, they, they basically have determined that you take a state like Ohio, there is no natural lake in the state of Ohio. They're all man-made lakes. They're runoff. There's tons of silt sediment in there. They basically determined there is no natural reproduction going on in those states. Is there some? There probably is a very, very, very small percentage. But that is why they've opened up these seasons you know, in these southern reservoirs is basically, it's a put-and-take fishery. The ones they stock are the ones that are there, and that's why they've opened up the seasons year-round. It's a long-term investment. It's not a Mm -hmm. put-and-take like you would think of opening day at Trout, where they were dumped there the day before. Mm -hmm. They were dumped there, and they got a long road ahead of them to make it to a catchable size. They're dumped there at 6 to 9 inches or 10 inches. (laughs) It's going to be a long time before they're going to get big. But there basically is no natural reproduction. The eggs are falling down into that silt sediment, and uh, they just don't hatch. Yeah. Our river systems have some natural reproduction. There's no doubt about that. You know, and that and that's one that that's one place that you know that's the opposite side of <laughs> of what they've done with opening the season. But they still stock all of our rivers. So that you know, they're stocking to Pennsylvania they're still stocking tons of waterways, rivers and lakes and, and uh you know they're... they basically call it the put and take fishery. That's why they allow us to fish year round. Some people choose to do it, some people choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and again, if you wanna do it and it's legal, by all means, do it. Yeah. So you know you're Probably going to get flack from somebody, and you're going to get high fives from another guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and it all comes from social media. Pretty. You sh- I mean, it, got, it used to be. You know, I would imagine years ago it was just bar talk. Yeah. Now, or, now, or you're at a booth, and someone rat you just reams you out because you have yeah. a photo. Mm-hmm. And or or you know, talk at the ramp or something like that. And now it's just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everybody's touching touching it. Across the the entire world, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you just you. you <laughs> a lot of it stems back to jealousy. <laughs> yeah, spitefully. Yeah, people can't do it, so they're jealous when they see people doing it, and they they have to make comments about it. You know. Yeah. Sour whether grapes it's through the ice, whether it's in the spawn. That's not a legal fish. You shouldn't even bring it on the ice, or you shouldn't even bring it in the boat. And it is legal around here, so you ruin a happen. year class of fish. <laughs> a year class of fish, yeah. And I mean that makes sense in those in in the Ohio 
The Ohio example. Uh, the 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 Ohio example is, you know, it's that's what it looks like. It, it, you know, with with no natural reproduction. I mean, no I measurable. Yeah. No nothing. This is when you're going to break a state record in Pennsylvania or Ohio. Is mm-hmm. right, like you know, coming up right now, someone is going to hook into one of those big females that has an extra eight pounds of eggs in it, and you know. This is what's going to happen. These fish are bigger now than they're ever going to be. And you, know, you catch a 40-pounder in the middle of the summer. I mean, imagine what that big 40-pound female is when they say, you know, six, eight pounds of eggs, plus it's fed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're flirting 50. You just gained 25, 30% of body weight on that fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why guys are going to target them now, you know. Mm-hmm. Good luck. It's not easy. Yeah, they don't bite too often. <laughs> no, but I remember that there were some springs where they were cranking some big ones out mm-hmm. in that uh-huh. in that local reservoir. I mean, it was then it kind of went silent for a few years. Yeah, but it'll return. I mean, those fish that you you know your your pictures of you bank yanking and stuff in that in that season. There's oh yeah, snow on the ground and stuff. You're taking a forty inch fish that looks insane. It has. It's a, just. It's got this tiny ass head, and then its body is like it ate a, 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 oh, a goose it, and a muskrat. Yeah, it's crazy looking. They look wild. Yeah, those and that's you know I would. I used to do that all the time. This was my my hot time was fall through, right up to spawn, and you know I like the late fall better than early fall. I really haven't done it this year or last year. I mean, just nothing of any substance you know maybe a couple hours throughout the season of of that it's just things get busy and you know i i pick up my daughter from uh, my in-laws that watch her when i'm at work and my son and i'm like we're gonna go drive by a spot that daddy used to fish and i would just go and look at it and be like yep it looks the same then you look and you look at the car seats and you're just like throw a couple baits yeah yeah i'd like to throw a couple baits and you know, but it, it has become super popular, this spring fishing. People, they, they know where those fish are congregating. And do you, When you go fishing with your kids in, in your car in the winter, do you crack the window or do you just blast the heat? Well, I like to blast the heat, but sometimes the heater doesn't keep up. Yeah. I, I, I got this nice corrugated tube that I put on the exhaust and I run it into the window to help oh, yeah. I'm to sure heat, that keeps heat the cab. Nice and warm. Yeah, yeah, so I, normally it must be boring because they're always sleeping when I get back to the truck. <laughs> Yeah, they, that's why they, 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 you're gonna, they're going to hate fishing when they, when they get grow up. Fishing smells I mean, bad. It, it, it's really very interesting because, you know, even when I'm at Andy, his favorite time of year to fish is a t- those times of the year that he was talking about catching these fish are times that I never even really, I'm not saying I never did it, but I mean, those are the total opposite. Of what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. yeah no, and we're, we're friends. We're business partners. But it was like, he's like, oh, I, I want to see this temperature. I'm like, what are you talking about? You <laughs> want to see those 50-degree water? <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, and, and we, we, we joke about it all the time. It's freezing. Yeah. It, it, it's like, why would you go fish now? They're not active right now. I mean, they're a little bit active, but. Because no one's there, because I'm the only dumb one actually chasing <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, we used to, I mean, well, I'll, I'll let it go, because we're going to start getting in out of that 
temperature into some other temperatures, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So yeah, so let's um, okay, let, let let's move on. We we we've done the spawn. Now we're getting to the May June and getting into July, which would be right like season opener for for most that have seasons. This this time you're doing you know more post spawn, and you get weed growth. And everything's fine and dandy. I'm going to probably say let's range this temperature from like the low 60s up to about 75. Mm-hmm. What's the controversy with fishing at this time? If, if there's any non-controversial time, I would say that is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when people, I, I, I don't know what anyone can say. That's when people start I mean, looking at your nets and your release tools and your bump boards and stuff like that. That's when questioning your numbers. Like, like when can you? We're we're really breaking down like what what you can nitpick on people, right? For, with, with our with our water temperature situation here. So when when we transition into this uh, phase, make sure you start bitching about people's <laughs> yeah. nets and bogas and and stuff like that. You know. Yep. And how they're holding them. This is this is a really good temperature for that. Yeah, because there's not a whole lot. The, the the fish are starting to get active. They're eating. They're back on a schedule, and um, yeah, it's the fun time. It's a it, it's a fun time. I yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I used to go to Canada every year the first two weeks of the season, opening weeks, which would open the first Saturday in June, uh, up in Ontario where we used to fish, and you know when we showed up up there. Uh, just like you guys just said, you know, the, 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 we got some new weed growth. That's what I'm looking for, that kind of stuff. And uh, to me, on the years that we, when I would get there, and if, you know, if I saw the water temps for 65, I was just, ah, uh, it's not quite there yet. <laughs> to me, when I, for, for our trips, for all the years we did it, many, 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 many weeks, uh, I wanted to see 70. When I saw 70, that's when I called go time. Yeah. Okay. Things it's you... just, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like this, that is when, you know, now you're getting into the, you know, their metabolism is flying. It's time to start get going. That's when they're the most active. I love seeing, I love seeing 70 degree water temps. So in in these other, I'm thinking about it. Other uh, controversial topics in this open season, we could say, uh, in the you know post spawn water temperature up to whatever 75. seventy five. Yep. Uh, outside of like your release tools and your pictures and all that stuff, you could think um, deep shallow. Uh, you know, fishing form real deep. Uh, I think generally you're going to be targeting shallower water. Even if you're out deeper, you're going to probably be fishing a little higher. But I'm not an expert on yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, that, the, that's I'm what I'm saying. I'm, the controversy you could put. I mean, and we, we could talk about if, if you want to t- touch base on this outside of temperatures. Uh, you know, people, there's controversy in catching them really deep. If, if you catch a fish, you know, down... 20, 30, 40 feet, something like that, or, uh, you know. Yeah, we're, we're starting to enter that because, you know, I guess the depth, you know, let's, we'll, we'll carry this into the next. There's really nothing to really complain about with that no. nice May, June, maybe even a July 
mm-hmm. early part of July. But you know, so okay, guys, complain about everything else. Um, but there, but there have been times. I mean, it was probably about five seasons ago that uh, you know the season opened up in New York, third Saturday in June, and the, the water temps were in the upper seventies. Hit, hit, hitting hitting that 80-degree mark. Now, that doesn't happen often. Last year, we never even... I don't think I even saw 80 degrees last year. But uh, it was an extremely uh, warm spring. And, uh, you know, right away, it's opening week of the season, third day of the season, and there are people just going crazy, like, shouldn't be fishing for them. It's 82-degree surface temp in the middle of the day, this and that. Uh Good gosh, the season just opened three days ago. Yeah, so that, that, that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's getting us into the dog days of summer. Yeah, yeah. So and and there are people, and I remember one person who was very adamant about anybody saying they would fish in the up, you know, seventy five. You know, I, I kind of put that on that on that last, you know, May June, but now that seventy five is creeping eighty. 80 plus and uh-huh. that seems to be the cutoff and i mean i i i i played 80, devil- 80 seems to be the number that people are like when it hits 80 it's done mm-hmm. yeah so you know so i always ask you know i played devil's advocate on the forum if my fish finder read 79.9 i'm in the clear but 80 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Is okay because I guess Lawrence, Hummingbird, Garmin, all those really need to tell you down to the tenth of the degree what the water temperature is. And it's for musky fishing. Yeah, and some of these guys are just doing it to find the bottom. Yeah. And so, okay, we got warm water. What's I'm gonna probably say that warm water generally hits we're gonna say July, August, and it probably starts cooling off September. I mean, it's the surface temp, though. How deep is it from, you know, one to two foot? How much? I don't really know. 80 degrees all the way down into... I, I don't yeah. know. You know, no. if you're, if you're and fishing... And the thing people are going to say is, you know, when you catch that fish, and you catch it, it hit six feet down, maybe it was 72 degrees there, but when you're releasing that fish, you're releasing it into... An 80-degree surface temp. Okay. You know, they're 82 degrees. Right. And that's where the stress comes onto the fish, and that's why the people say that, uh, you know, okay. obviously I, I don't want to fish when that, when that water temperature's up, up into the 80s. Yeah, so... But, you, uh, yeah. So, like, like what... I'm going to bring up Todd's example, and that's kind of what Vance was... Well... Vance had that example that I, I, I kind of I slowed down real quick. But Todd's example of your season just opened and you could have anywhere between three weeks and maybe six weeks to fish from opener till it hits 80 and then you just, whoop, putting the boat away till September. I don't think I could handle that. I mean, I, I don't... It's not going to happen with me. I got trips booked. We're going to do the trips. Well, I, I do it all the time, but it's not because of water temperature. I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, my, 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 this boat's too much of a podcast studio to uh, to, to be used for fishing. <laughs> I 
I'm going to cater what I do accordingly. We'll say that. Yeah. So it, it, it's crazy, you know, the, the, I'm not, I don't want to use the word the same people, but many of the people that are waiting to go musky fishing for the season to open that are looking at all these other people that can catch them any day of the year, and they're like, oh, man, it's coming, it's coming. Then it comes. One month later, they morally or they're pressured, they just say, I'm, I'm done fishing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen a week later in New York. Yeah. I, what, what, what the heck? You know, I, I don't know. To me, it's, it's a little preposterous to hear that. that yeah. You, and, and, and I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but I just, I seem to think that people in Minnesota all drive around in 621 Rangers. I know that's not the case, but for whatever reason, I think that. <laughs> Everyone has a ranger. Yeah, everyone has a 621. Yeah, everyone has a 6... And, and, and when I say my ranger, my ranger is not no 621. It's a 22-year-old 681. So it's like the dinosaur of rangers. Um, but... Those guys aren't dealing with those temperatures like we deal with around here. You know, I mean, it gets hot in Minnesota sometimes. But yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in a, in a spot like that, that... Their season opens. I don't even know Minnesota season. I just picked on Minnesota because I like the Vikings. Um, so, well, you just earned some points there with that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so say as you want. Yeah, yeah. Say uh, something and then follow it up with "Go Vikings." Go Vikings! <laughs> Kick that field goal. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that was rough. yeah. It's it's a chip shot. Now everything's done. He's <laughs> lost everything. So. But, you know, they, they have these boats, and I know everyone doesn't have a fifty to an $80,000 rig, but all, all I can see is just this cartoon character in my head of this guy that has this big, bright, shiny boat with the latest electronics and the most expensive baits. Season opens, goes out there, fishes, I don't know, catches some. A week later, well, it's 80 degrees, packing it away. And I'm just like, yeah. you, you, you use, you know... A farmer uses a combine two weeks a year and it costs a quarter million dollars. You have a boat that you used a one week. Yeah. And, and it's like, I'm parking it now. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, to me, I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but it's, it's the, like full throttle, then put the brakes on, put the car in the garage. Yep. I mean, this, and that, this, that, that happens here in New York and yeah. Pennsylvania. That's the kind of stuff we do with it. I, and we're much cooler climate than what happens down there. I mean, down in Kentucky and, uh, you know, Tennessee, the, those those kind of places, those people are shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the guys, they're shutting it down. I mean, there's been, I mean, I'm, we're, we've had these guys on many times, Greg and Tony, and I mean, these guys are good Corey friends Allen. of ours. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're shutting it. New York opened their season a little bit earlier now, but, you know, when it used to come in the third Saturday in June, those guys were done with their fishing. It mm-hmm. was wrapped up. Their whole spring season was gone. They were off to Minnesota and Wisconsin to go fish. And our season hadn't even opened yet in the state of New York. Uh, that's the difference in the climate. Just the climates. I mean, people have to remember that that, that is going on. <laughs> yeah. Now, down, down there in, in uh, uh, Kentucky, I mean, you're talking about some, some really high water temps. Uh, 
we don't deal with that all that much around here in Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, but you know, uh, that's part of the reason that this becomes controversial. People don't understand what's going on throughout the Now what what is (laughs) what is dangerous about a high water temperature? Well they say it just stresses the fish out immensely when you when you try to release it, you know. I've had to get into the guy say, you know, if it's 83 water temps and you release that fish, it's just not going to make it. The mortality rate is, goes, you know, skyrockets. From, from that first couple feet of water. I mean, because when I'm because seeing them, yeah. when I'm seeing them in that 70 degrees and, you know, when it's creeping up there, I mean, the fish are lunatics. Mm-hmm. They, are go- they are going insane for baits. Mm-hmm. I, and then all of a sudden you catch them and then you release them in this one to... You know, this first, you're basically your depth finder temperature range, and that Ooh. just puts stress. Added stress. Yep. Added stress on the fish. Yep, added stress on the fish. Mm. So Now, to me, I have a different, and like you said, like Andy said earlier, there's no scientific, I'm no scientist. But I can, I, I can say this, we, we know we've done it with temperature probes, uh, if I see it creeping up into the 80-degree water temps and I'm casting up into six or eight feet of water, we, we drop them down there. There is very little water temperature difference when you're up in that shallow water realm. So a cross-sectional temperature is very close at the bottom of the lake as it is at the surface temp. Mm-hmm. If it's when, says- you're, when you're up in the shallows. So at, at six foot of water, it could be 76 degrees at the top. It could be 78. Yep. Okay. And, and that's, you know, what I do when we get into those higher water temps when people say you shouldn't be fishing, I just tend to go shallow. And I will say this, on the lake that, the lake that we fish, everybody knows it's Chautauqua Lake. Uh, there's a ton of fish caught and suspend out in that deep water. And the most mortality by far that I see in that lake, and I drive it every day, 100 days a year, uh, out in the open water, where the guys are targeting the fish down deep. I'm not saying, as Andy said earlier, it's legal. Go fish. Go have your fun. Do it. I do not. I I, I just don't target the deep water. Because there are fish that are... In in the right climax, in that shallow water, that uh, you know you catch them. There's fish laying up there in six to eight feet of water. You can catch them. You release them, and it's fine. So the biggest so the mortality logic- that I see on that lake is when I'm driving down the middle of the lake, out over the forty and fifty feet holes, and uh, you know especially over the weekends, where I see the guys out there fishing for them. Trolling, trolling deep. Uh, you can catch them. You can catch them all summer out there. I just choose not to do that because I see the more. You know, when I'm driving down the lake, that's where I see the most dead muskies that I see on the on the water. That's just the facts. <laughs> there was a. That's what uh, I see. Yeah, I mean, there were there were there were uh, you know a couple pictures floating around the internet last year of of, of some you know fish laying in that lake. Uh, yeah. And it was out in the... It was out in 40, 40 50-foot holes. There's a lot of fish out there. Yeah, and I mean... And, and, they, and they can be caught. 
<laughs> yeah, and they, they, I mean, they're just floating together. Boom, boom. Yep. A couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that 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 adds some. You know, you know, it could have been a bad release or something like that. But I mean, yeah, a whole host of things. Yeah. But it could play into. I've seen, I've, I've seen a lot of my friends that uh, I, I know a lot of guys that caught some big fish, and uh, you know they caught it on Saturday or Sunday, and I'm I'm there every day. So uh, you know. I know where they caught it. I would be driving down the lake to go fish somewhere else, and you know I, I've seen their fish floating. I wouldn't even say I'm not, I'm not even going to say who they who it was, but you know on our lake, if someone catches a 51 or 52, uh, it doesn't happen all that often. And uh, you know I've seen them out there. <laughs> I've seen them floating. I know it was the same fish. I saw the picture. That's that's where I see the most of that happening. That's why I choose not to do it when that water gets warm. Uh, they're out there. Go for it. I'm not condoning you for doing it, but I just choose not to do that. Uh, if I catch a fish, you know, in the middle of, if it's 80, 80 degree surface temps, we get a fish up in eight feet of water casting or, you know, short line trolling, I release the fish. I'm releasing the same water temp they're already Living in. Used to. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than catching 20 feet down or 25 feet down out in the middle of the lake. So I just choose not to do that. I do not fish the deep water because of that reason. I've just, all the fish that I've had, I used to, I mean, I've done it, like we said. I mean, only fish in my life that I've ever had problems releasing have come out in the middle of the summer fishing that deep water, fishing down deeper than I'm accustomed to fishing. And, uh, you know, you catch the fish, you release it, and the next thing you know, there it is. It's floating on the surface. and That's my choice. Now, I might be stupid for doing it because maybe I can catch more fish out there, but I choose not to do that because I've seen what happened to me. Uh, I know what's happened to lots of my other friends. And, yeah. Now, is there a way that you can reduce the stress on a fish you know you you get a you, you catch a fish deep water trolling you are down deep that water might be in the 60s down there maybe even in the 50s i don't know yeah and you get it up to like 80 some degree water temperature could you like ice them <laughs> ice them down yeah. or something <laughs> yeah Prep your heard of that prep, prep your Yeti cooler if you're going deep. I mean, like you know, in the but I, of the I, I, I'm halfway serious. Do you think it would work? I don't know. Like, you know, th- th- there's a couple things that you, I, I've heard people doing things like, you know, they'll have like a dissolvable ring and they'll like snap it onto their lip and just send them back down to the abyss just to get them back in the cold water. Or yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean. Some people are putting a uh, rope on their boat to grip, okay. sending the fish down there. I mean, that, that's what that's what some guys are doing, you know. Oh, I've, I've done all this stuff. I mean, I've I've released fish out in that deep water, and you feel you know you release it, it swims off, and you're getting set up to set your trolling up again, and you look out, and there's that fish floating, belly up, belly all distended, all looks fatter than ever, and uh, it had gone over, and I couldn't get the flip over. I mean, I. 
picked them up, thrown them in my live well, driven to shore. I've walked around on the shore with them. And, and uh, I mean, I've done all that. Stuff. I've walked, I've waded around in the water and, you know, tried to get them to, to, to get upright. And, you know, normally they do, you know, and, and you sort of stick them under a dock and, and uh, you know, they're, 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 you inform the seagulls of where it's at. Yeah, I, I had pictures of myself walking around in the lake, but that, that, that's, that's where that happened. Is out Heading over to that a big, deep, open water. I just don't do it anymore. Vance, Vance can tell you that. Him and I have been fishing together the last couple of years, and it's just not something I target. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it makes sense, and it's it's opinion based off of experience. Yeah. I mean, you got you've been doing it for so long. It makes it makes a lot of sense, you know. And, I, and then I, I, uh, you know, you look at like the 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 sheep heads you catch on like Lake Erie or something like that. I mean, when you when you're catching like the, okay, that you put your reef runner down, you're in sixty foot of water. You put your reef runner down, your 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 rigger down forty feet. That's where your hooks are. You catch yep. one, you rip it up. Its guts are coming out of its mouth. And yeah, yep. you, you know, so I mean that that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of stress on a fish pulling it up from the depths uh, up to there, increasing your temperature coming up. I can understand decreasing that. your pressure, mm. air bladders. Mm. Now some of those, you know, yeah, and, and I I guess Lake Erie's a really good one just because I've seen people perch jerk, set the hook on a perch, and they bring it up from sixty to eighty feet of water in a couple seconds, and its air bladder is sticking in its mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, this one's a seven inch. I'm throwing it back, and they throw it in the water. They're like, yeah, that thing probably's not going to live. It just blew itself yeah. up. The, yeah, the seagull just comes down and grabs it. Yeah, yeah. It's but, the same thing that's happened to those muskies. I mean, there's just no doubt. It just I don't choose to do that. Yeah, and I don't know if I don't know if that's the same for a muskie. If a muskie hits a plug, obviously there's going to be some upward force mm-hmm. of of the boat pulling, but that muskie might just naturally come to the surface anyway. Yeah, but I mean, there might be something with the swim bladder going on. I, I don't know in, mm-hmm. in its guts, but we're not scientists. I'm I'm not, and you know I I'm not, I'm not we're not claiming to be. Yeah, but it makes it makes sense, you know, if, if you're up in the shallows. I mean, and if you know if, the if water, the water is going to be more very consistent. homogeneous all the way through. Yeah, and then if that's where that fish is is living and chilling, I, I'm I believe that a lot of those those fish chilling chilling the weeds, you know. Yeah, year round. That's and you got to remember that a lot of these scientists are not fishermen. <laughs> They're just going with what little data they can they they can come up with. I mean, it's probably from fishermen too. Yeah, their de- their data. Yeah, you know, um, you know, yeah. So I mean, that that that's that makes sense to me. You know, just but you know, I guess. Is there a way that that you would change your tactics to reviving the fish in these warmer water temperatures? My tactic would be to target them in the shallow water. Okay. To just avoid the deeper water and mm-hmm. bring them up into something they may not be accustomed to because, you know, the, the, the line of thinking is, if, if the fish is sitting in 78 degree water temperature and it's actively eating, it's probably already used to it. Mm. Yeah. You know, t- t- Which t- they are. 
they are eating. They are eating like crazy that time of year. Yeah, they they look like it's lunatics in the water. A lot of them go out there and suspend over those deep, you know, out in that deep water. But I, and I realize, like in Pennsylvania, we don't even have deep deep water in most of the lakes. Guys fish like we do, like at Chautauqua, and then you take Chautauqua, and it's very shallow comparative. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you you know. You fish with the fish that are accustomed to that shallow water or the, that, 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 that temperature, I, I have not had any issues fishing for those fish. When I go out and fish that deep open water, I mean, every fish that I've ever had a problem releasing came out of deep. Like a fish that, I mean, I've had problems releasing a lot of fish that I caught in shallow water too because they tore their their gill out or throw it out with a hook. But, uh, you know, the fish that I've looked at, like, why, what is going on with this fish? Why is this not, why, you know, why did it come belly up? Why did it do this? It all, they all happened over the deep water. Hmm. Hmm. All happened over the deep now, water. Let's, I got friends that have two or three fish mounted and I can get into the, I mean, it, 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 it even gets into the late fall fishing. Where the guys with the you know the walleye guys are catching occasional muskies, I can tell you about guys up there that have, you know, every one of them has a fifty inch mounted on their wall because they caught it out of that deep water and they couldn't release it. And that that gets into the late fall fishing. It's just because they were very deep. How about the ones that have a replica mounted in the fifty inch in their belly? That's right. They had a fish yeah. fry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Now let's let's talk about high water before we move into the the the, the cooling down stages oh, of fall. Yeah. Now moving water when it's hot. You know I've heard people say that on rivers with with a good amount of flow, the water is homogeneous through everything because surface temp should be the same as you know at, at the bottom. You know barring any giant stagnant pools. So you're, uh-huh. the same line of thinking of your shallow should also kind of pertain to a river. Now, these fish don't have a choice of finding, unless there's a spring or something pumping cold water at them. If, if the water temp is the same, 79 degrees from top to bottom, left to right, up and down, um, really, it, it, they should be used to it. They're, they're living there. Yeah. That it, it should be maybe a safer bet on the higher water temperatures based off of Todd's findings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, r- r- rivers are a whole different ballgame, yeah. So, and I mean, I'm trying to keep the rivers halfway involved with this, but there's, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I-, I like rivers. And I actually have a river here that I can watch the temperature on, on from a website. Mm-hmm. And, Todd, do you remember me telling you? This was like a couple years back. It was like April. I'm like, yeah, the water temperature is 85 because we had a really hot April. And it took yeah. only a couple days. I'm like, water temperature's 85. The next week, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're peaking at 50. There's just so little flow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. There's times in the summer, I will watch the water temperature get in the low 90s. And it's just this little line graph going up and down. It's a sine wave. And I'm like, oh, it hit 93 today. <laughs> and then I, I look the next day, I'm like, oh, it hit a low of, of 58 <laughs> at night. Those temperature swings, and those fish, there's muskies in there. They have to be able to adjust somehow to live. They don't have an option. Yeah, they don't have an option. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 
I used to go there and I used to just lay the hammer down on them. <laughs> now I, I didn't really go much last year, but you know, the last couple of years it kind of slowly petered out and I done very well in the cold water there in the, in that spring, in the fall. And, you know, but I could literally fish probably some of the hottest water ever and in, in the state of Pennsylvania being in the low nineties. Oh, that's high. <laughs> that's very high. But I, like I said, it, this place is so terrible to fish just, just due to the terrain, the plant life and the insects. It's, t- it's how, how deep is the water? I'd probably, you know, without actually getting out there, I'm going to probably say some of the holes might be five or six feet, but for the yeah. most part, when you have a when you have a river that is flowing, I think like four cubic feet a second at the mouth, <laughs> it's not really doing much. There's some. Yeah, and, 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 and as you just said, I mean, how I don't understand how that could really affect that fish. I mean, that, that's where it's living. That's where it's eating. That's where it's doing its thing. And you catch the fish, you take the best proper care you can to it, and you're going to release it into the same water temp. I don't know how that can hurt that fish. I, I should really just wait a couple <laughs> hours, and it'll be 30 degrees colder. It just mm-hmm. put the fish back. Catch it, yeah. put it in the tank. Uh, watch, uh, the, watch the temperature. When it hits the right time, put it back in. You know what I'll do? I'll just bring big bags of ice with me mm. and I'll just tie it to the side of it to give it like fish air conditioning. Jeez uh, Louise. Yeah. Ice it down. Ice it down in the net. I'll, I'll, I'll stuff yeah. ice cubes in its face and it's like it's gills and stuff so it has refreshing yeah. cold oxygen to breathe. Oh my god. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Do you think it'll work? It's like the musky ICU. The musky ICU. <laughs> right off of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so now 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 we're getting out of that. Some summer's breaking and we're we're getting into the into the fall fishing. What are we dealing with controversial here? We got water temperatures that are dropping. Is this another rainbows yeah, and unicorn? I time? mean this is a, I mean to me it's another one of those just your thing. Okay. I don't know what can be controversial. It, it, to me, it's controversial to fish really deep for the fish. Regardless of temperature. but Re- Regardless of temperature, yeah. That's when you're going to you're the biggest changes. And like you said, in PA, we don't have lakes like I'm used to get fishing up there at Chautauqua where you have these 70-foot holes and, you know, guys target them out there. And uh, there's a big difference. Uh, biggest thing man, is, when it comes to fall it's go time again I mean it's go time <laughs> but I guess controversy is if I I'm, I'm digging here for, for controversy is yeah wearing your flotation device are you prepped yes, properly you have to wear them come November in the state of New York it's, it's more safety for the people mm-hmm. and you know you're you're that's when you I don't put them on the muskies. <laughs> when we catch them, we don't put flotation devices on them. <laughs> well, it makes it easier to find them and catch them again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it, it's more yeah, or less so being the big safe. controversies come around ice fishing, uh, ice, ice type fishing, 
And then the high waters, the high water tents. Mm -hmm. That's where people like to really... Yeah, they... And the other thing, I guess, you know, when you're starting to get into the fall and stuff, I mean, some places are going to have snow. You know, I, but I guess I'm, I'm going back to my bank yanking days. I have many, many photos because I'd be bank, bank yanking by myself in the winter. There's snow on the ground. And it's and I'm, I'm calling winter like December. Mm. There's times in December that it's still fall. But... Mm. Um, that there's snow on the ground, and I have a picture of my rod laying next to the muskie in a snowbank so I can get a photo. <laughs> that cannot be good for the fish, mm. laying in the snow. No. But that's what I did, and I have many photos of that. Yeah. And they're, yeah. Not, they're not all muskies, so if people are going to bash me, some of them were pike, and but some, more than some, were muskies. Yeah. And, but that's just what I did. And am I going to do it again? Probably not, because I'm not going to take a picture of a 32. So That's just me. So laying the fish down is controversy. It, yeah. On the bump board, on the deck of the boat, on the hard water. Picking them up. On a grill. On the grill. <laughs> the, grill's, the grill's kind of controversial, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it comes to, you know, that, that'll stem back to proper handling. But I guess in the fall... Um, it's 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 about being safe. It's, it's weather can change real quick. The fish don't give a crap. If you started out at forty degrees, then it started to rain, and then it got down to thirty real fast, and your boat's slippery, and you slip and fall, and mm-hmm. you go into the the drink, and mm. next thing you know, you're an ice cube. You're a you're a news story. That's right. You made the headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of that kind of wraps up the whole year because we we throughout the year. So the only times that you can really fish for them without getting too much crap is that grace period of post spawn to high water temperatures and in the fall. Mm-hmm. As long as you're doing it in season and you're handling them correctly, using the right rod with the right line, <laughs> with the right release tools and all that other BS. Um, I, oh, you, there, there's, there's other topics too. I mean, live bait, stuff like that. People say that's real rough on the fish and gut hooking them and stuff like that with, with that live bait. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I guess that comes with is the live bait in the fall, but we, we've talked a lot about live bait fishing mm-hmm. and most people know at least that musky fish, no proper technique and, and what to do. It's how to rig the sucker and that. Yeah. I, I, I have spots where I hear people say that, you know, and, and they, they'll do it on open forum. That's maybe not musky specific, that they like to use bluegills they catch in their pond and mm-hmm. they see the line move and they'll wait 15 minutes and then they'll set the hook. And you catch a lot of muskies when there's a hook in their belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't lose. Oh, there's it. other. We have other controversial topics we can talk about. There's yeah. No doubt. Um, As we said, everything from when you start fishing for them can be controversial. Yes. Yeah. There. I, I guess I, I. I got a story. I was debating whether or not I was going to tell it to kind of wrap wrap this up, because it is getting that time of year. Todd said he's going to be going fishing here in a few days. Uh, this is going back several years. I had my 14 foot boat. My 14-foot boat had a 25-horse mariner on it, and my kicker 
was a four horse right next to it. Oh my! And it was it was my rig. I was proud of it. Todd was in it, and yes, I was proud as a peacock. And we went to Presque Isle Bay, me and my buddy Tim. And this is just one of them crazy things. We launched at one of the more easy, easily accessible launches. Now, Presque Isle, it's a small bay off of Lake Erie, right there in the city of Erie. And it's about 3,000 acres, and there's a, like a shipping lane that goes out into the main lake. And we launched at Chestnut Street, which is on the city side, not, not the uh, actually penin- the peninsula side. And we were going to go fish an area called Misery Bay, Horseshoe Pond in the Lagoons. And oh yeah, I remember that. That's those are, you know, I've had some really good action there in the spring, you know. And in Lake Erie, you can get, you can get a mix of everything. I've seen people pull walleye, you just in, in Misery Bay, which is not big. I've seen guys pull eight pound walleyes out. The person in the front of the boat's catching perch. The person next to him's with crappy steelhead coming out of there. And I've seen some big muskies, and you're going to have probably the best smallmouth bass fishing ever mm-hmm. in this in these areas. Well, anyways, it was it was a little bit rough. It wasn't that bad, but anyways, I launch, and everybody wanted to go fishing, so I launched the boat. My 25 just would not start for whatever reason. It was like its first trip out of the year, and it just would not start. And you know, Tim's like, "What's wrong with it?" I'm like, "I don't know. It something. It I don't know. I flooded it." So anyways, I just fire up the four horse. Now the four horse had a built-in gas tank that kind of wrapped around the leg of the engine. It was removable, but it held <laughs> under two gallons, I would say. Mm. And we motor across, it might be like a mile, to get into Misery Bay. So we're up there, and I had a 55-pound thrust power drive on the front of the boat. We fished Misery, we had a good time, we, we hit a little bit of horseshoe, but then we went back into the lagoons. Now, the, the, the lake temperature was like probably in the low 40s, upper 30s, the, the main body of the bay. But back in the lagoons is where they catch a lot of pike early because mm-hmm. Presque Isle has some really good pike fishing. But we're, you know, there could be a muskie mixed in with them. And the lagoons are all shallow. And just as you would think, it's just like this little canal system reeds and brush and it's it's really nice you know ducks love it and this and that and people back there in kayaks so the wind started to pick up and it started blowing out of like the north northeast and it was perfect because it was blowing me kind of through the for most part most of the lagoons and i was running the electric getting us through and you wind through the lagoons you get into you get into the marina lake which is still part of the bay. They just call Marina Lake. And main body water temperature was, say, 40. There were spots in the lagoons that were in the 70s hmm. because it's just so shallow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we get there. I get into, I, you know, I tell Tim, I'm like, Tim, there, I don't have enough juice to pull us back up through this wind. <laughs> so he's like, well, let's just go out to Marina Lake. So we go out to Marina Lake, and you have to go under this little baby-like footbridge thing, and we get out there. Ice. Nuh-uh. Marina Lake is covered in ice. And we're like, oh, crap. (laughs) Because I don't have enough electric to pull me back up into misery. I got ice in front of me. My 25 won't start. Yeah. And who knows how much gas is left in the 
Four horse. Four horse, yeah. So <laughs> we just pretty much, I had Tim like in the front with an oar, and he was breaking the ice as I was moving <laughs> us through. And some of that ice was still pretty thick, mm-hmm. but we had to break our way through. Then we get to this little little baby channel, it's not that big, to get out into the bay. And the wind had picked up to where it's capping out there. We got white caps. And it's it's just pounding. I'm like, well, get ready because this is going to be a cold, cold go at it. <laughs> and I don't have controls for the four horse. There's like a throttle on the top of the hood. It's an old Johnson Evinrude. And I'd have to like pull this big slidey lever and I just open her up. And that thing would get me to maybe five miles an hour. So here's my little 14-foot tin boat. Wham, slam, yeah. thud. And the bay might be a mile across there. And I'm heading right for what I'm going for. And... Oh, gosh. And Tim looks at me and goes, what happened? And I said, I'm out of gas. <laughs> he's like, what are we going to do? And now I have no control of the boat because I'm in white caps and the boat's starting to get twisted and turned. and Light the flares. He, he pulls out the life vest and he puts one on and... <laughs> I'm like, hold on. And I, you know, I dig in. I found a multi-tool. And I cut. And it made all perfect sense after the fact. I cut the main gas line going to the 25. And then I cut the gas line on the four horse. And I jammed the thing on there. I took a zip tie, zipped it on there as best I could. Wow. And I had to keep pulling, pulling, pulling because I ran the thing out of gas. Oh, my goodness. Thing finally fired up. I opened it up and he goes, don't let off the throttle the whole way it's not like i was going to plane out or anything my battery was practically dead so it wasn't like i could pull us with the with the trolling motor we get you know we get closer to the launch and it, it calms down because the, the just the docks and stuff were mm-hmm. calming the waves and i'm like man this stupid thing you know and he goes i seriously thought we were going to be on the news tonight <laughs> i'm like well we, we we made it we made it here so we kind of get the boat back on the trailer and i'm like Tim, this really makes me mad this 25 wasn't going to run. Because, you know, I did hit the starter. I wasn't like... Yeah. I didn't like, oh, it don't run. It would not start when when the four horse died with no gas. <clears throat> I get it on the trailer. I switch the gas lines, hit the key, and it runs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, what was See, Vance, Vance, that's a big difference between you and I. You and I would have probably... <laughs> Rode that out, called the Coast Guard. Oh yeah, <laughs> Andy's Not MacGyver. Gas line. Yeah, slicing gas. Like, what ga- the f is going on here? <laughs> We're Sli- done. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> you would have just. I would have been- called. It, actually, if that happened to me, I would probably call Andy from the water, which I've done a couple times. <laughs> a zip tie and a multi. At Chautauqua with chargers, I'd be like, "Hey, Andy, <laughs> this is what's happening to my motor." Uh, <laughs> And he usually can explain it over the phone. And he can explain it. Yeah, I sent him pictures. Like, take a picture. I'm like, okay, guys, you guys just keep fishing. I'm going to take the hood off. And I'll take a picture and send it. He's like, that looks like the carbon injector filter system. <laughs> yeah, that's your voltage regulator that caught on fire, Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the voltage regulator caught on fire. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, actually, I actually thought that's what it was. Voltage regulator caught on fire. So that's why you always have a kicker. That's on any size on any size of boat. I do not need that nine nine on the back of this boat, but it looks pretty cool. It doesn't, you know, it, it the boat needs to be about a foot wider to make it look right. But 
We were almost on the news. I mean, we would have wrote it out. I mean, it wasn't the Edmund Fitzgerald out there. A four-horsepower kicker on a 14-foot boat. I had to save gas. Oh, my. With a multi-tool and a zip tie. I, I, I mean, it's not hard to cut the fuel lines, and, and you just put it on the barb, and then you zip tie it tight. It got me home. I'm doing the podcast, aren't I? I would have. Yeah. I would have hoped that we just got blown into shore. Well, eventually, the, the way it was going, <laughs> it, it, it would have, but it would have been the furthest point of shore. And at that point, it would have been like, okay, um, I don't even know if the park is open yet, Presque Isle State no, Park. And I would have been like huffing it out there. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? You have to, now you got to run back and get your trailer. <laughs> which is like four miles a road. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Vance could do it. Yeah, I'd be I'd be really upset. I'd I'd be calling people to say, "Hey, bring me gas. Bring me, <laughs> bring me a." Vance, you could jog that in no time. Yeah, I could. I, I wouldn't do it in no time. I could probably walk it in an hour and a half. It would have been nighttime. It would have been night. Yeah, um, that's that's incredible. But that that was my Presque Isle Bay early season. So Vance and I are very appreciative to have Andy. Oh, yeah. Even well, though Andy, Andy doesn't, as, as it's, it's very well known, Andy does not get to get out fishing near as much as we do. Next year. Not near as much, yeah. Next year. 2017 will be yeah. the year. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I said that last year, but this year there's going to be a house going up, so I'm not going to be... <laughs> A four-horsepower kicker. He fishes through Vance and I's problems yeah. with the boat. <laughs> like, wait, are you catching anything? Yeah, we've got five, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about yeah. what's happening to my boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, when, he, when he picks up the phone, you just, you just answer it, what now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, Andy, hey, what's happening? You, you're crashing today. It's like, yeah, you know, we got a whole bunch of fish, but I'm motor. <laughs> yeah. This is what I need to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you about the fishing later. <laughs> but remember, you know, and, and this is going back to power power trim on your kicker. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. Geez, the power trim on my kicker. Is that still working? Oh, my gosh. You couldn't even buy it because it's a 2002 and Yama owned Mercury at the time or something like that. I was like, I... Yeah, you know, I, this is this will be a tip for anyone that has that. Your motor is a 2002 four-stroke kicker. This was before the the Pro Kicker. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. He has the power trim, and it has, like, the motor off to the side of it, I think, if memory serves me. Yes. It's not yes. a... It's off not to a, the right-hand side. It, it, you know, it was, a, it was custom from Mercury at the time. And I'm, I'm at the launch, and I'm, I have to run... Eight miles down the lake to pick somebody up, and I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the parking lot and nothing. I can't get it up. I can't get it down. Obviously, I can't run down the lake with the motor down. The kicker trimmed down. Uh, talk to Andy, tell me you know, I drain the fluid. I kick it out. I stuck a pair of pliers in there to keep it trimmed up. And, they were calibrated. Uh, yeah, and then then I got home, got an eBay, talked to dealers, and oh my gosh, it was going to be seven eight hundred dollars. I think you you brought your boat up here. 
yeah. for us to do some, I, I think, just regular maintenance and stuff to it. To, to We had to do something, but I, I wanted to look at that power mm-hmm. trim pump. And the big thing is, is anyone out there that has that motor and they, their power trim goes, um, it's a very basic system. And, you know, you had already had, like, a, uh, the one marina look at it. Yeah. And it didn't last one trip. Mm-mm. And so I, I took it. Took it off. Took it off the boat, and what was happening was we there was, took it off in your driveway. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah, we were doing that at the same time we did the head gasket on your motor because it was spraying mm-hmm. water. Yeah. Out, out, out the one. It looked like the spray. Now these guys are going to. Everyone's going to think that my boat is. No, no, they're not because <laughs> I worked on it and it's Piece perfect. Of junk. No, it because I worked on it. It's perfect now. <laughs> Um, but I, I can, I can explain the water on another one, but this power trim, this is going to help some people that have this year motor and their power trim goes rather than buying this several hundred dollar replacement pump that was Yamaha proprietary because they must've bought the, the system off of Yamaha at that time. It's, it was like $700 to get that thing shipped in. Right. So I took it apart and I'm like, why does this thing stop? So I take the motor apart. And there's oil all through the windings of the motor and everything. I'm like, well, this ain't right. <laughs> and I look, and the seal that went around the armature shaft that that ran the pump was torn like three-quarters of the way around it. But just looking at it, it didn't look bad. I poked at it. I'm like, oh, look at this. This seal was bad, and it allowed oil to get up in the motor, and it probably just shorted everything out, just did a dead short, and... It wouldn't run the pump, and there was no oil to pump if it would run. It was like a $7 seal. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can get it at and any major city probably has some drivetrain or a bearing place. It was a standard seal. I got a number, ordered it. They had it there in a couple days. I put it in, and it's been, what, two years? Two, at least. Two years, they wanted to sell a seven hundred dollar pump, and it was a seven dollar seal. So that that's that's the big thing, that's the tip of the day. The spring maintenance. If your power trim don't work, it could be as simple as a seven dollar seal to keep yeah. the oil out of the motor. So you're and, just a, a multi tool and a zip tie away from saving the day, saving some <laughs> cash too. Just, all I need is duct tape. There you go. But that, that's, the, that's the tip. I wasn't doing it to, to, to degrade Todd's engine. I was doing it to... That I, yeah. I forgot about it, that it was a $7... That was mix. many, many problems ago. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah. That was... It, it, that, you got a good memory, digging with all the problems yep. we've presented to you over, over the Well, past it's just it's the one that was just so simple. It took like he an did hour. Lots of, he, he, you've done lots of troubleshooting with Vance with his brand new rig. That's right. I mean, it's it's tough stuff too. I mean, when the power steering don't work and you look at the reservoir and there's no power steering fluid in it. Yeah, that. That's yeah, I, I. Sweet Jesus! I call that. Don't even get me started with that I'm stuff. I'm not a. I am not a. Oh. Really, I'm I'm out there to fish. But I did. You you do remember that? You Andy. you you called it. I You're said, like, is there fluid in it? I don't think there's any fluid in there. <laughs> Oh, the old golden days of holding on to a 200-horsepower tiller with my whole body, trying not to die. 
Yeah. Yeah, you look like that cat that says just hang in there that's like hanging on the clothesline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was crazy. We hung the motor. We took the entire Did we talk about that? Freaking we... mo- I, I don't know if we talked about it because it was... Last fall, to get a couple more miles an hour out of it, we took we unbolted the brand new 200 horse Verado off the back of the the boat, and we lifted it up what two holes? Yeah. To to set it up at the correct engine height. Yeah. And it made a difference. It brought your RPMs up. Yes, it did. Yeah. And you, you didn't lose any grip, and you still had good water pressure. Sweet God. Sweet Jesus. It's eight pounds, six ounce. Yeah. Ricky Bobby. Uh, I'll come at you like a spider monkey. Yeah, we'll have a ton of those stories because we're going to start fishing here soon. We'll have a ton of problems. Oh, and... gosh, yeah. Unfortunately, we'll have more stories like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to polish up this Ranger just in case someone needs it. <laughs> I might have to come borrow it, John. I'll deliver it. Uh, so I can at least look fishing. what a lake it's looks all like. It's fishing for me. The... The maintenance, the boat, uh, I do what I can. Vance does what he can, but we do revert back to Andy quite often. <laughs> Once a day. You, you, you don't see Jimmy Johnson or Tony Stewart working on his car, do you? Yeah. That, no, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I'm there to fix. And all of that stuff. <laughs> Leave it to me, because I can pick away at it. You can think about it while you're working. I just need to get out there. While you're working. Keep people fishing. <laughs> nice. It well, is fun. Yeah, now, you're going to be fishing here soon. Where, If someone wanted to go fishing with you, Todd, how do they get a hold of you? mcfishingguides.com Nice. Are you anywhere else on the internet? Yeah, we're with fatazmuskyproducts.com. You can get us there. Uh, yeah, we're going to start fishing. I'm not, I, I, very, very low interest right now. Well, uh, but we'll see what happens. You can catch them. I like taking people out when they can really catch them. Water head temperatures hit about 70 degrees and we can really get them. But don't let them get above a certain temperature or below a certain temperature, no, depending no, on no, no, if it's the first half or the second half of the year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, like Todd already said, go to mcfishingguys.com if you want to fish with Todd. Rest assured, his boat will be tip-top shape. As always, okay. I don't let him go out with substandard maintenance. And that is... Must- a problem, Andy will be the first one we'll call, and he'll get us off the water. Yeah, I'll even bring a boat if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> a four-horsepower kicker on a 14-foot boat. It, it is insane to think about right now. Did you, you want to, Okay, I'm going to interrupt <laughs> the plugs to, to describe. I bought that kicker for 150 bucks off eBay. Steel. It came out of, like, Arizona. And the reason I bought it, it was a two-cylinder... Four horsepower, and I, I said two cylinders are better than one cylinder. It, ha- yeah. it, was, it was a little baby twin, and it weighed 39 pounds. And I said, 39 pounds, I can hang that in the back of this transom because it weighs less than a battery. Wow. And after that day, I had it plumbed into my main fuel tank, not that little 
one and a half, two gallon <laughs> jobber that almost left me for dead. And um, I've I trolled a lot with that thing. Amazing. And amazingly, that's not the first time it ran out of gas on me either. <laughs> I did it at Lake Wilhelm. <laughs> it got. We went all the way down. Wilhelm's a really long, skinny lake. We went all the way down to like the dam. And it's like five miles long and about quarter mile across. Exactly. And luckily, when it ran out of gas, we had enough time before dark, and the wind was just so that it blew us back to the launch. <laughs> we, we, we planned it correctly. Now, granted, I could have probably very easily fired up the 25 and just explained to the park, the state, the, the park ranger there, hey, I had no gas, and I needed to get to the boat launch, <laughs> unless you want me to start lighting flares off. I've done that lots of times. Yeah. So, so my four-horse kicker, it was a gem. Amazing. So, uh, fantasymuskie.com, check us out. Jerk baits, glide baits, rubber baits, rod holders, Project X, rail mounts, bolt down, track, all that happy jazz. And St. Croix rods, check them out. I don't know, stcroyfishingrods.com or just hit Google. They'll bring you right there. Um, I think that's it. All right, till next time, if you're getting out fishing, be careful. It's still cold. Catch a big one. I won't judge. And uh, keep in touch. Thanks for listening.